I dated for a long time, right? The Lord decided 40 years would be too much, but 20 years would be almost right. So, um, but we have this really sweet opportunity at Cornerstone, a couple things. Um, a special thanks to everybody on setup team who sets up everything for us, the AV team who sticks around late afterwards, and the praise team who does an extra song for us, and of course the food and services people who just take care of us so that we can fellowship. All the things that we many times can easily take for granted, we're thankful to the Lord for, and our newest team, the coffee team, as you drink your coffee, think of Ethiopia and think of Carl Hargrove ministering and shepherding pastors there as they sort of battle with a growing and increasingly aggressive Islam in that area, and yet there are still faithful men who are shepherding and need our prayers. So um, if we could just remember that, that would be great. Our topic today, quote unquote, is dating. Dating is really a contemporary term. In some parts of America, they prefer the term courtship. And there are many other flavors of that. But maybe we could start, if you have your Bibles, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. And if you go to the very beginning, actually, Teddy, I will get you to read for me since my voice is shot. And could you read um, verses 1 down through verses 9? Matthew 19, verses 1 through 9. When Jesus had finished these words, he departed from Galilee and came into the region of Judah beyond the Jordan, and large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? He said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been this way. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. Thanks, Teddy. Being single does not mean you're a second-class citizen in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus will later address that as he's pressed with questions from the Sadducees as far as what happens to married people when they get to heaven. And he makes the point very clearly that whether we are single or whether we are married, we are God's work and his creation. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are a new creation. We belong to the Lord. And the Lord makes no mistakes. Uh, there's plenty of heartbreak, plenty of challenges that happen. But at the end of the day, God is sovereign. Christ has died on the cross. The cross serves as a testimony that though there are things in this life, in our families, our homes, in our walks that can be heartbreaks, 
the Lord is greater still, and he is a redeemer who turns what this world presents as evil, and he is able to make that into something beautiful and good. And as we look at really this issue, we talk about dating. But really what we're talking about when we come to Scripture is how God brings two people, a man and a woman, together for his glory, to be united with Christ and to be united with one another, but as a testimony of God's grace. And that's a paradigm changer, as we'll see. But that's really sort of the foundational principle from beginning to end, really in any relationship, even in the church as singles. We're part of the family of God. Why has God brought us together as a church? It's to be united with Christ and united together by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're connected with one another, and it is all a testimony of the glorious grace of God. And sort of to help us, you know, we're going to do a little bit of a Q&A with Teddy and Naomi because I think many of the couples in the church have remarkable stories of how God brought them together, but certainly Teddy and Naomi have that, and God's used it as a means of grace in many of our lives. But uh, I think it's a lot of fun, too, because I think there's a story that should be heard. But um, could you two begin just by giving us a snapshot, really, of how the Lord saved you? So I guess I'll start. Um, I grew up going to church and so um, and reading the Bible at home with family and parents. And so the things of God or the Bible were familiar. Um, but it wasn't until college when I was really challenged to actually live in a way or see whether or not I lived in a way that was consistent with what I thought I knew. And so it was during that time where I realized um, that I had many idols in life. One of them was just success in the world and really a reliance upon my own abilities. Um, and through many failures in that, was brought low um, during that time in college and shown to see, you know, what hope is there in life? You know, if I, if I can't rely upon myself, if I see all around me, there's all these quote-unquote successful people, but yet very, um, you know, who will do anything it takes to get what they want. What hope did I have to rely upon? Um, and it really, God used those types of questions to bring me cl- um, back to, you know, does Jesus have hope in his message and in his gospel? And so kind of re-looking into that and um, with, through a lot of prayer was brought to realize I, I really needed to uh, be right with God, confess my sins, repent, and trust in the Lord and his leading rather than in me making a way for myself in this world. Thanks, Teddy. Naomi? Um, I think for me, I also grew up in a Christian home, um, but uh, my uncle, uh, my, I have a really big extended family, and so um, long story short, when we were young, we all went to church together. So my understanding of church was family, um, blood family. And uh, yeah, and that was a big uh, thing that the Lord kind of took away from me over the years. Um, you know, as you see different people within the family start not attending church, falling away from the, the faith, or not, now we know, you know, not even being uh, part of the body of Christ at that point. Um, that was a big thing that the Lord used to change my understanding of um, just what it meant to be saved. Um, for me, that was, that was a big one, family. And then also, um, Teddy was uh, prestige and, and, you know, like uh, academics. For mine, it was probably popularity. It was my big idol. Um, I think I, I grew up, I got along with people really well, and the Lord blessed that. And so I had a lot of friendships. Um, 
But coming to college, um, the Lord took that all away because I, was, I ended up at a college where, um, yeah, just none of my uh, friends that I knew were going. And uh, it was a really dark point in my life where the Lord showed me that these were the things that I found security in, um, in people, in relationships, in family. And um, it came to a point where, yeah, I just didn't have any of those things surrounding me anymore. And so um, it was through that time that the Lord really um, brought me to, uh, brought a friend alongside in college that I met uh, who took me out to church. Um, It was almost as if I went for the first time (laughs) and um, took me out to fellowship. And that's where I distinctly remember hearing the gospel um, and coming to understand uh, my sinfulness, understand that my hope was placed in all the wrong things um, prior to that, and to see that the only hope was Christ. That's sweet. You know, the Lord put you guys together. You basically, between the two of you, had all the respectable Asian idols covered, right? (laughs) They're different, but Teddy had career in academia and success, and you had relationships and family, and you put those together, you pretty well get all the Asian idols covered, right? (laughs) And the Lord, obviously, as we're going to hear, went to work on those initially by saving you, but maybe you can give us a snapshot of how he initially connected you. Um, It's always better when I go first, when when we tell the story. So um, we were brought together, um, I like to think of it as going to the same church in San Diego, uh, sitting under the same teaching, and um, during one of the um, just social recreational activities, they were playing flag football. I remember um, Naomi was helping serve um, some of the, I guess, snacks and the meals for the guys as they were playing. And so I just thought, oh, this, um, she's really nice. She seems pretty. And then to kind of taking notice of her um, more so throughout church, saw that she was also faithful in terms of serving. Um, and I like then, the order of that. Yeah. She's yeah. nice. She's pretty. And she's faithful, too. <laughs> if you can get in that order, it works out well. Yeah. And then the testimony of some of the ladies that interacted with her said that um, she wasn't half bad either. So, well, that's, so it wasn't just me. There you go. Um, so Teddy distinctly remembers that incident of the football uh, field and, and serving food. I don't have a distinct memory of when I first met him. You weren't thinking about him. No. <laughs> But I do remember that, because we kind of came to the church probably a year apart from each other, I remember seeing him, and to be honest, <laughs> I remember thinking, Ooh, that, that guy is, he's a little strange, <laughs> seems very awkward, and uh, if I could help it, I'd probably try to avoid him. It's an amazing testimony to God's grace. So you were kind of like Jonah. If there was a ship to Nineveh, you would have taken that ship to Nineveh. Oh, for sure. But Teddy, if it's any comfort to you, I just found out this week as Julie's best friend, Kelly, who's a teacher and has been a friend for a long time, I just found out this week that Julie had shared with her sister that our first date together on the one hand was one of the best conversations and encouraging conversations she'd had in a long time, but still she didn't want to marry me. That was, that was put right out there at the very first date. So we can share that together. We can say you might be able to outrun me, but you can't outrun my God. So um, how did the Lord connect the, the, the two of you? 
So we had, um, as Naomi mentioned, it was a smaller church back then, so we had a lot of similar friends. And, and more than that, we served in similar ministries at church. And so we would see each other on um, at least a weekly basis, if, if not more. Um, so Sunday morning was worship, um, midweek, uh, just serve, um, outreach opportunities, and um, similar circles of friends. So if there was other things going on, uh, we would see each other there. And so through that time, um, we interacted in various ways through there um, on a friendship level and a ministry level. Just That's really the shortest story. Thanks, Teddy. Naomi, any, any thoughts or perspective? Um, yeah, similar to, to Teddy. I mean, we, we served in um, the, 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 the ways that the Lord um, just has grown our hearts and the things that we were the ways that we were serving in the church were similar. And so, um, like Teddy said, we were both part of a homeless ministry at the time, um, a convalescent home, where we'd go uh, on um, Wednesday nights, I think, and, and just kind of walk the streets of downtown, um, trying to share the good news of the gospel with, um, with homeless people. Um, we also both had a heart for college ministry, and so um, it took me a while to get in there, be- to be honest, because he was in there. And serving, uh, that's another story, but um, you can see how much, yes, I guess I was very much like Jonah. (laughs) Not that I knew that, you know, he would be the one, (laughs) but just running away from the Lord ultimately. Um, And so we, we, but we both had a heart for college students, for college ministry. That's where the Lord saved us. And so we both eventually served in that ministry as well. and we both had a heart for missions, and so at the time there was uh, opportunities to go um, to the Czech Republic or to Argentina through our church, and so that was um, where we both wanted to be. Yeah, maybe I'll just share real briefly. So what we kind of skipped over, you can ask us more later since we don't have time, um, is that Naomi had thrown a birthday party for her brother, and like I mentioned, there weren't that many people at the church, so when there was a party, most people got invited, including me. Um, and so I had an opportunity during that time just to just chat with Naomi, didn't think much of it. It ended up being basically she was saying, what, asking me what my intentions were. And I was saying, oh, I wanted to get to know you better. And then just really fast forwarding quickly, she said no. And so that <laughs> happened at the beginning of this whole, oh, we're serving in ministry together, we're going on missions together, and all of that. But as you look at it, you know, and we look at it through the lens of the gospel, and I think the beautiful thing is you see human frailty, you see sanctification, and you really see, you know, as you shared your testimony, I mean, college is this time where the Lord kind of brings you out of a cultural Christianity. You grew up in it, but things are changing, and he's sanctifying you, and what makes it unavoidable, okay, is not the human element to some degree, it's you growing in Christ and growing and being moved and the Lord moving you in this direction of where is he calling me? How, how are you serving? And this makes it a little bit unavoidable while the flesh is kind of being sanctified and the human perspectives and the preferences and all of those sorts of things. The Lord's kind of still working that out. It's not like it's boom, all done, ready to go. So maybe, um, and Naomi, I, I warned you I would ask, but there's this legend, an urban myth about a cell phone. And I was wondering if you could just briefly share that and give us a snapshot. 
<laughs> okay, um, so I'll just fill it in a little bit more. I think that'll help um, what Teddy was saying. So there was the, the birthday party that I threw for my brother. I invited um, a lot of the single guys that he, he had, um, he knew to, to our place to be able to just fellowship together. And they were all fellowshipping together and I was, you know, cleaning up after the meal and Teddy comes over and he's like, oh, can I help you clean the dishes? I just wanted to help. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, no, 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 you go, you go hang out with the guys, you know, I can do this by myself. He was like, oh no, it's okay, I can help you. <laughs> so he, we were cleaning the dishes and he was like, oh, I just... Yeah, um, I, I thought I'd just ask you something, you know, and he brought up a friend of his that was a Christian who was dating an unbeliever, and he was like, what kind of counsel would you give her? You know, and I was like, um, well, you know, the Bible makes it clear about just being unequally yoked, and, you know, um, but, I mean, yeah, I, I, just, I just told him what I knew of Scripture, and, and he was like, oh, that, yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, if I have more questions about it, could I call you and ask you? <laughs> I, okay, that's why. Ooh, I, I like that move, Teddy. <laughs> I just wanted to see if she had sound words. That's why I felt uh, like, wow, that's really weird. Uh, who asked that? And so he, I was like, I guess. And he, and he said, okay, I'll call you tomorrow at 8 o'clock. I just was trying to be punctual. So I went back and, yeah, I, I was... I was kind of thinking about it, kind of nervous, like, what, why, why is he calling at 8 o'clock? That's a very, I already told him my answer. There's nothing more I have to say about this topic. Um, and so a, a friend of mine, one of the friends that I was living with, I had informed her about it, and, and she was like, well, if you're not comfortable with it, why don't you just tell him to talk to Pastor John? Um, so, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> so when he called the next day at 8, and it was after he was doing some kind of ministry, um, he, uh, before he had a chance to talk, I was like, you know, I was thinking about that topic that you asked. Who am I? I don't know anything about dating anyways. Like, yeah, I think you should talk to Pastor John if you have more questions. <laughs> and so I told him that, and it's like, if you have nothing else, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> and then I said I wanted to, get to see if we could talk more, maybe get to know each other better. <laughs> and that's, that was what, like what I was dreading. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't know if that, it was going to go that direction, but I really didn't want to hear that. And so I managed to squeak out, okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> and then uh, that's when I hung up the phone and I like threw the cell phone across the room. <laughs> I, was, I was in despair. <laughs> Look, it, it's, and I just want to tell you all, I, I asked Naomi to share this for a reason. And it's easy to look at these things and say, oh, we have to see the grace of God and how he works. And we have to come and say what happens in relationships if we belong to the Lord is he's going to use them to really take us to our breaking point or to take us to places that we're really uncomfortable with. But he does it in love and he doesn't give us more than we can bear because he's bringing to us that point we talked about today, the word of the cross, where we begin to look up You've got two choices. You can become bitter and angry, okay, with everything. You can become resentful and you can push back. Or you can begin to look to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what exactly are you doing here in and through this situation? And maybe the two of you can give us a snapshot of how the Lord changed things. So on my side, it was, yeah, 
it's it's not always it's it's never fun getting rejected, especially um, when it seems to be right. For I, all. I loved it, Teddy. It was just <laughs> something I look forward to on a regular basis, <laughs> especially if they were unattractive, unfaithful, and difficult. Oh well, I, I wasn't quite ready to hear the rejection. So um, the Lord. Um, used that in a mighty way, though, and really, um, as I mentioned in my testimony, kind of taking away um, different idols, showing me that um, there was only hope in Christ. He, ma he magnified that even more just in the realm of relationships in a way that I hadn't, um, I wasn't aware of before. And so um, Psalm 73, for, um, in, in particular, was just a huge balm for my soul, just um, uh, where the Lord uh, ministered to me, um, if basically teaching me that um, if all I have is the Lord, I, I have more than enough. I, it's not just, it's, it's not like second class, that's the best. And so if Naomi's not a part of my life, there's no reason to, um, to be sad if I have the Lord. And so teaching me a lot about contentment, teaching me a lot about joy, and then um, moving forward with just delighting and serving the Lord. And so that was a really an incredible time where um, I had uh, got to learn a lot about serving others. Um, serving others uh, and being minister and just ministry in general. Um, so we've mentioned a calm lesson home, just really diving deep into um, just whether those outreach uh, ministries or just um, ministry within the church. Just seeing what a joy it is to be with God's people and to share in the love that God um, allows us to share with one another um, was just really what flowed out of that time after um, Naomi said no. Yeah, so after that incident, I, I knew in my own heart that I just, I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, wanting to be respectable, I guess, in a sense, I had to think of a way to say no, but for the not so, you know, shallow reasons, I mean, when you, when you think about it. Um, and, but, you know, and so I was able to, to decline, um, but it was, it just, it was a process, I think, um, Teddy kept coming back kind of into the scene. Um, and it wasn't him, it was, it was the Lord's doing. Um, again, like we said, with college ministry, we ended up kind of serving together. It was something that I, I ran away from for a while, but the Lord just kept prodding and directing me in that direction. Um, then we went on missions uh, in Argentina. And, you know, um, I say that he usually goes to the Czech Republic. Randy's here, he knows. <laughs> um, and, um, but, you know, th that year... Um, in God's timing, uh, Teddy ended up going on the same missions trip as as, we, as I did. And so we ended up being in a foreign country together, um, serving on the same team and then su same sub-team. When we came back, we were paired together to give the missions report night. It, so it wasn't anything that we kind of orchestrated. It was just, for me, I could see myself trying to run, and the Lord kept bringing him back, you know, uh, and not for a relationship purpose, but I think ultimately the Lord was digging at my heart to show me the idols that I had. Um, like I shared at the beginning, like one of my idols was, was being well-liked, popularity. Um, I thought that Teddy was the least popular person, you know. <laughs> um, and that's just, that's just um, shows, you know, like the, the Lord revealing my heart at the time. Um, and Naomi, you highlight, I think, something that's important to consider in dating and marriage relationships, which is, you know, this is not, I don't want you to walk away with this idea of, oh, 
even if she says no, just be persistent and wear her down. You know, go, you know, that, that's not what we're seeing. What you're hearing is the way in which the idols of our heart, hearts are present and we can't see it many times because we're blind. And what the Lord does is first through his word and through the gospel, but then through people in the local church, he begins to expose what those idols are and what really is separating us from the Lord and from one another. And even after marriage, what separates us from the Lord and one another are those same idols, you know, and the Lord is gracious to really pursue his children and his sheep and to continue to go after those bit by bit by bit because he loves us right? And maybe the two of you can share looking back as a snapshot through your marriage and through the years as a family, how the Lord has brought you along as far as providing a unity that you, neither of you thought was possible before. So just to be clear, um, Naomi and I like each other now, (laughs) (laughs) which is a work of God. Um, but yeah, we've had to, in terms of being brought close to each other, there's been so many ways, um, uh, just even in marriage, just um, approaching different things, but then those idols that were exposed in dating got um, exposed even more, just in marriage, for example. Um, who's the authority within the home was a huge one in terms of, is it our external family or is it somebody else? And eventually it couldn't even just be me, it had to be the Lord. And so that was one thing that came up a lot, as Naomi mentioned, um, just having such close ties to her family, um, so many relationships there, but then making that transition, not just for her and I to be a family, but to be a family unto the Lord. Um, that, that took many years, still a process um, in the taking. Um, there, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. want to say anything? Um, I think for me, a lot, a lot of just unbiblical thinking was unearthed through um, just my relationship with Teddy. Um, and things that I had an idea of, but, you know, like I, the Lord, yeah, gave me the opportunity to really, um, to really dig at it and to really see it in light of what scripture said. Um, I mean, I think that for me, that was the big thing throughout our relationship that I'm, I'm most thankful, thankful for. Like I said, it wasn't about Teddy at that point. I knew that it was God trying to teach me something. And I had been running for a long time from the lessons that the Lord wanted to reveal in, in my own heart. Um, I mean, maybe just something funny from our relationship too um, was uh, just, and this is how I think Pastor Mark, you had asked before too, um, just what changed and how, how did the Lord um, grow your affections for, for one another? Um, I think for Teddy, um, yeah, it took a while, like uh, just even after we decided a second time uh, to, to go ahead and give dating a try. Uh, but I think what changed for me a lot was God uh, showing me through him that God's way is different. Um, and one area... Um, I remember distinctly asking him a couple months in, you know, like, what makes you want to be in this relationship anyway? You know, like, it must be really hard to date somebody who, you know, I don't have that same attraction or affection. And he, you know, and in a really earnest way, he just said, you know, that's okay with him. Um, that if the Lord um, can use even just this path and um, a path that is, is, is set on the Lord, but is different from what the world thinks relationship should be, 
uh, to grow both, uh, both of us first, and then, you know, that it could be a testimony to others that, um, yeah, that following Christ is different, then he's all the more happy that it started out this way. Um, another big moment for me was when um, he asked me, like, this is, you know, probably six or eight months in, you know, like, what, what makes it so hard for you to, <laughs> with me? <laughs> and I couldn't get it out, and I was like, ah, you know, I, I, I felt ashamed to tell him, but I was like, you know what? I just don't think you're, you're manly. <laughs> and, um, and he was like, okay. All right. He was like, so tell me, what, what do you think manliness means? And, you know, I had never been challenged to really consider that. Um, and I was like fumbling with my words. <laughs> I was like, you know, manly is manly. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. And so I think I, it helped me to see that a lot of my perspective was how I was raised, what I thought, you know, with the family that I grew up with, these were the guys that were in my life, my brother, my cousins, like this is what manliness is. And Teddy was very different from all of them. And so it kind of changed my perspective a lot. And that's what he's done, the Lord has used him in my life for. I think there's a lot of things that I might hold on to that I'm most thankful for is, he says that I was attracted to his, his doctrine and his, his um, yeah, ministry. and his ministry, not to him as a person. <laughs> but, you know, I think it started that way, and, and the Lord helped me to see that, that's, that those are the things that are, are, tr- are truly what bring happiness, um, is when, when you're, yeah. And maybe just to compliment it, so it doesn't seem like, so, so you can see, I also had to work on is, you know, um, when Naomi said no the first time, and then having a chance to pursue a relationship again, my idol was really just her, just um, being, uh, having the desire, just want to please her. And so that was also revealed during the relationship um, with all the diff- different issues we faced, whether it was approval of parents or really it was disapproval of parents on both sides. And then just, um, um, again, various challenges um, like that, such as the, uh, family or external family challenges as well. And so um, what that drove me to realize this, you know, instead of seeking to please Naomi, really seeking to please the Lord and just making that very clear uh, before marriage, but then just carrying that into marriage was a huge blessing, just having that revealed. I want to let you go because I know um, there's a family commitment, but is there for both of you any piece of advice that you would give to people who are thinking about dating or people who are dating? Um, my piece of advice is uh, generally what I always give is just be very clear on what does the Lord call us to do and um, in terms of practicing love make sure it's a biblical understanding of love not your own understanding or someone else's understanding Um, so like you need to be able to if you're going to practice and commit to loving someone else as Christ um, in a Christ like manner um, you need to know what that is. So that would be my advice. Any thoughts, Naomi? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you say it all the time, but it really starts with our vertical relationship with God. And I really saw that um, even through, yeah, just our dating experience. Um, it's a reflection, you know, not, not that 
if you're doing well, you're going to be dating. And if you're not, you're, you know, the, the dating is in shambles. I mean, it's all the grace of God. Um, but, you know, like, without the word, you can't see things rightly. And so your perspective is going to be skewed um, upon, you know, your experiences, your past, um, what the world says, what's been feeding into your mind for all these years. And that, and that surely was both of us, too. Um, and so, um, you know, God will bring his plans about in his time, um, but before even just the relationship, and, and that's what we say about the relationship too. Uh, it's not, it's, there's three people in the relationship. It's, we're just two of them, but it's really the Lord and the Lord and what he's doing in your own heart and how he's, you know, out of love, exposing the sin that's there so that he can make you holy. Before, before I, I, I let you go, just a comment, I think, so much of what you've shared and what we know behind the scenes is really an illustration of what we talked about this morning about the word of the cross. Because we think of what Jesus does on the cross as he turns the world's standards and the world's idols and the world's view of wisdom and power. He turns it upside down. He turns it right side up. And you think of so much of dating from the world and that we come in what we're raised in, even in Christian homes, it's kind of messed up. It's kind of this mishmash, you know. Do we have the same goals? Are we attracted to the same things? Do we make one another feel comfortable? Are we, you know, pressing one another's buttons? Do we have chemistry? There are all of these things that were just about every aspect, sometimes including even within church circles, those are the things that are there. And yet, you know, what your lives have illustrated is those are very much the things that kept you apart. Uh, in your relationship with the Lord. And one thing that we've seen is both you and Teddy have been an encouragement that people don't see is what's a priority for you is following Christ as Savior and Lord and being obedient to him. And we think that is really the testimony of the cross is Jesus saying, hey, this, it's not like this works great for me being in Jerusalem, but this is the Father's will. And what he's gonna do is gonna bring salvation and life and love to many. And he follows through, and that's what he displays on the cross. And as you hear both how the Lord saved you, but how he brought you together, it's really moving out those idols, turning your lives right side up, doing it over a period of time, not instantly. But what's bringing you together is this, for both of you, not just one or the other, this obedience to walk with Christ. And this is what brings you together over and over again to where the Lord has brought you today. Not that it's perfection, but we just see it's, it is a marvelous work of what the Lord has done. So thank you for sharing uh, all the details, many of them and, and many of the hard things. Um, we appreciate it. And um, Church family, can we just give them a little bit of appreciation for that? As part two of what we're going to do, I wanted to walk you through very briefly before we leave. Uh, there's a book called, um, I think, Should I Get Engaged or Should I Get Married? And it's by David Paulison and also Jonathan Yanchko. And I think it's one that really everybody should have, whether you're single, whether you're planning on dating, whether you're not. It's just a series of questions that they walk through to consider really, should I be dating or should I get married? Um, could I have my first slide, please? Um, and really the premise as you walk through, 
I think it goes from two extremes. People are thinking about dating all the time to they're not thinking about it at all. The Lord's made me a servant. I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. But as you look at how the Lord created Adam and Eve, it's really the exception rather than the rule. And if it is the exception like the Apostle Paul and God has given you gift, the gift of singleness, it doesn't mean you're isolated or you're in a monastery. You're part of the church family and you're part of the church community. And both are beautiful before God and meant to shine the light of his glory. But in Matthew 19, Jesus, you know, this very issue is being raised. The Pharisees come up and they start pressing Jesus on grounds for divorce. And that's all about dating, being single, being married. When does it become inconvenient to be married and you should be free? Well, within the Jewish community, there were multiple reasons that were dated for just saying, hey, this isn't working out for me, time to move on. And if I get a certificate of divorce, maybe I can move on to the next person who's there. And Jesus shows that the religious leaders have no idea about the power of God or the spirit of God. They've totally misread God's purpose in marriage and what it's all about. And he brings them back to this issue of whom God has brought together. He brings them back to Genesis chapter 2. Whom God has brought together, let no man separate. And I want to put that out in the beginning. We approach our marriages, our parenting, uh, interaction, even as Naomi and Teddy are talking about dating, so often we see it as a personal choice. And it begins as a preference. Do I like this person? Do I not like this person? It's not that there's not room within God's economy for you to make a choice and to have the freedom to say, I like this person, I don't like this person. There is, as we will see and walk through, the Lord places that there before us, that that plays a role. But when we've reduced everything my marriage, my service, the ministries I serve in in church. And I bring this up for service in ministry all the time. If Jesus was thinking about what worked well for him, he wouldn't have come. He wouldn't have gone to Galilee. He wouldn't have hung out with a bunch of fishermen and a tax collector and some zealots. What he could trust in was that his heavenly father was good, that God's word was true, and that God's plan would triumph and bring to pass a fellowship and a joy with the Lord, with the Trinity, and with God's children that this world has never known. And that is where he walked. And so I think the first thing I really want to challenge us all with is do we consider our relationships, just our relationships, as a mighty work of God? I pray for friendships for my children. I pray for godly friendships for my children because I know that Godly friendships and relationships are entirely a work and a gift from the Lord that we should never take for granted. And that there will be seasons with and there will be seasons without. God is good in both of those things. But God knows what he's doing and he's growing us and he's taking us on a path that is going to bring glory to him. And the end, the end is always going to be our unity with Christ. And so that means every conflict that you have in a marriage, every disagreement that you go through, every challenge in a relationship, the end is not that relationship. The end is our unity with Christ. And I want that to be something that you consider as you think about who is God calling me to serve him with? Is this a relationship that is going to grow my unity in Christ? And that's what Teddy was talking about. And that's what Naomi came to understand. Or is this going to separate? 
And that's critical. Could I have my next slide, please? Okay. One of the first questions that needs to be considered in any relationship, not just a dating relationship, are we walking well with Christ? Does this relationship encourage and edify and build up my walk with Christ? Or does it take me away? Just think about that in a friendship level. Are the people I roll with people who at the end of my time with them, I am in a place where I've been corrected or encouraged. I'm growing in Christ and the Lord is using this person or these people in my life to grow me. Now he's going to use whoever is in your life to grow you, including the difficult people. Okay, but there are some relationships that you know that are destructive. And the fundamental question is, am I walking in the light? Is this person walking in the light? Because Paul will go on and say, be not unequally yoked. What does light have to do with darkness? And that's a fundamental question for any relationship straight across the board. How do I know, and here's the thing, because we all have blind spots. That's what Teddy and Naomi were sharing that we all have our different blind spots. We've all been raised in particular ways. We all have preferences. Those are all there. Well, how do I know if someone's walking well with the Lord? Well, the first way that you will never know whether someone is walking well with the Lord is if you're walking in the darkness. If you're walking in the darkness, you're blind. You cannot see. And in fact, you're going to feel uncomfortable with people who are walking in the light and you want to get as far away from them as you possibly can. You couldn't tell a godly person if your life depended on it. So that's why people come to discipleship group leaders. Hey, should I date this person? Should I date this person? Is this person great? Let me lean on you walking in the light to tell me a good deal for me. Right? God's gift to you is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's the word of the cross. And so if you trust him and seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and you continue to grow in him and find your joy and delight in the Lord, just as we heard, step by step by step, it may be a bumpy ride. You will have blind spots, but your father in heaven is going to luck out for you and he's going to make it unavoidable and he's going to open things up. But if someone is not walking well with Christ, and if that's you, you have to think that anything in my life, I'm going to bring into another person's life. Now, a lot of guys use this as an excuse. And they go, well, you know, just not walking well with the Lord, so I'm, I'm not really ready to date this sister, this sister, this sister, this sister. Until the right sister comes along. And then suddenly it's like, well, let me get cleaned up. Let me get spiritual. Let me get pure. And for the two or three months or whatever where that might be a possibility, suddenly the porn's gone, they're walking well, they're coming to church, they're singing loud, so on and so forth, until it doesn't work out, and then we're back to old ways. What's the idol there? At the end of the day, it's me and my preferences and my desires, right? And so we want to ask ourselves, are we walking well with Christ Is this person walking well with Christ? And that's going to take time. And the blessing in the local church is you're going to be tested and you're going to see a person in ministry or serving or whatever. You're going to see them on their good days. You're going to see them on their bad days. And you're going to see in this general situation, where is the trajectory 
independent of me and my influence on this person, even if I don't show up, is that person still going to show up to discipleship group? Even if I'm not around, does this person, even if that person is surrounded with the least among us, people who bring no benefit to the table, is the trajectory over a month, over weeks, over over a period of a year, is this person continuing to show the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, self-control, and are they maturing in Christ? And that's a fundamental consideration. If we're not seeing that, or a person is stuck, or they're flatlining, the bottom line is you need a relationship with the Lord before you need a relationship with someone else. It's not like getting married or starting to date is going to fix that in any way, right? Are we walking well with Christ? Um, we want to look at direction, not perfection. We want to look at the spirit, not the flesh. And one of the points that the book raises, are there complicating entanglements? Okay? Is someone bound in a particular way that is going to be an idol or a barrier in this relationship? It could be family. It could be commitments. If someone is planning on doing a seven-year residency okay, in intrauterine operations, and you know they're going to be in the hospital 24-7. You really need to step back and say, okay, is this person in a position to sustain a relationship at this point in time to walk with the Lord and lead a sister in Christ? Or is this sister in a position to be available to be with the Lord and to follow someone? And it may be when you look at those entanglements, this person has to get a few, through, a, through a few things before they're in a position really to be open and take responsibility before the Lord for a relationship. Can I have my next slide, please? Thank you. Do you both... Um, I can't see because this is 121. Do you both look to the Lord... And do you both solve problems biblically, okay? Do you have a pattern of solving problems biblically? As you look at one another and you walk through, the big question is, okay, is this person just a cultural Christian who's come and professes? Or is this someone when trouble comes their way and there are real issues or there's conflict, do they stomp up and down and scream and shout? Or do they blame shift like Adam did and throws his wife under the bus? Or is there spiritual maturity where they're beginning to move forward in their life to solve problems biblically? One of the ways of looking at this is, is there a pattern of repentance and faith in Christ? When things don't go well, do they blame shift or are they willing to say, look, I'm significantly responsible for what fell apart. This is on me. And I needed to ask the Lord for forgiveness and I need to ask you for forgiveness. Is there really a framework of the gospel? When we're talking about solving things biblically, you're talking about a gospel framework for being reconciled with the Lord and reconciled with one another. If that's not present, that needs to be there with the Lord before it's ever going to be there with someone else. It's not like that necessarily grows. And so that's a significant consideration. Okay, And in fact, it's something that comes up during premarital and it comes up after marriage as well. It's like, look, if people aren't growing in resolving these problems, and those problems can be what colors do we decide for a house? It can be finances. It can be an issue of work. Okay, it's 
from the little things to the big things, it's still the same issue of the heart. And if we're starting to see that people can't, we have to say, okay, there's an idol here. And the big question is, can they let go of that idol or are they going to hang on to that idol and it's going to persist in that relationship? And sometimes we have to be patient and we have to give people time because we understand that it's the Lord who changes a heart. But at the same time, we want to pray for that person and love them and be gracious with that. Do we solve problems biblically? Can I have the next slide? Is the Lord leading you in the same direction? Okay. Uh, We see this frequently. Okay. There are some people with the time and place in their life, the Lord is calling them to be a missionary overseas. And the Lord may not have called you in that direction. The Lord may call you to be a witness in your job here and now. Or the Lord may be calling you for a particular service or a particular vocation. Where is the Lord calling you? And how is he calling you to serve? And is he calling you in the same direction? Just because you go to the same church and you both confess Jesus doesn't necessarily mean the Lord has called the two of you together. Because in the bigger scheme of things, what we want to consider is our unity with Christ. And that's what you saw with Teddy and Naomi. What do those who know you think? What do those who know you think? And here brings in this issue of the local church and accountability. Not just with your peers. Because your peers are here to say, when someone treats you badly, you were right. That person doesn't love you enough. You deserve better, right? You want someone who is more spiritually mature, who's further down the road, who doesn't have the same blind spots that you do. They may have other blind spots, but you want someone who's the godliest person you can find, okay, to be able to speak into your life. Kurt Gephardt's told me, he said, Mark, because I had all manner of crazy dating advice, okay, when I was at Grace Community Church. Love Grace Community Church. They've done great things. But Kurt just said, he said, Mark, just because... It's a Christian who gives you counsel does not mean it's Christian counseling, okay? A lot of people will tell you things, they'll give input into your life. The question is, are you seeing it from the lens of God's word? Is it wisdom from above rather than wisdom from below? And part of that, of what you want to get from someone is, don't tell me about the other person, tell me about me. I don't want to set myself up as an example. There's plenty of things that I needed to grow. There were plenty of idols I had that needed to be removed. But one of the things I would do was to go to Rick Holland or Kurt Gephardt's and say, look, as you see me in this person, okay, are there things that you are seeing that are red flags or not good? You want the person at the end of the day to see you. Are you growing in Christ? And so as we see couples who walk together, when we're seeing in one person or the other that what's coming from this relationship is not more of Christ, but we're starting to see thorns, strife, jealousy, envy, conflict. Things are starting to be amped up in that direction. Those are things that we want someone to come alongside and say, look, this relationship seems to be moving you in the wrong direction, away from Christ. The flip side, as Teddy and Naomi talked about, and and Julie can testify to this, okay? I don't think Julie was jumping up and down at the thought of being married to a little Asian guy, okay? 
But as she talked to her sister, who was a godly, godly gal, right? And, and was a, a, a close sister who would provide instruction. Her sister would continually point her back to the word and point her back to the Lord. And this is what held her accountable in that relationship. So are you going to someone who's just going to validate your feelings? Or are you going to someone who's going to shine a light so that regardless of what happens, you're going to grow through this? Okay, do you want to marry this person? And will you care for one another as you are? Okay, the booklet walks through and says, look, when you go through 1 Corinthians 7, the Lord rules out that there is a place for your desires and preferences. Okay, it's just not the ruling thing in your life. It's not like God comes and says, you can't like chocolate ice cream, you can't like coffee, you can't like tall guys or short guys. That's there. Where it becomes a problem is when that becomes more important than Christ as Lord and Savior of your marriage or your relationship, right? And so as you come in, you, you really want to see, okay, at the end of the day, has the Lord given you a heart or a desire to serve him together with this person? And you want to continue to pray through that. All of these things that we're talking about is to be on your knees looking to the Lord. And there are sometimes people who have said, Lord, I don't have the desire. Would you give me the desire for this person? Because this is a godly and upright person, and I'm just not there yet. And you wait on the Lord. And sometimes it's just not there, but that's okay because the Lord uses this to wait. But then as you're thinking of dating, part of the issue is, look, there's a propensity a little bit to think I can fix this person. With Julie, I couldn't grow any taller, okay? But, you know, we tend to think maybe if I say this, they'll do this. Or maybe he'll learn to like kimchi and basically learn to speak Korean and all of those great things, which I've... Have I done that, hon? No. Anyways, <clears throat> you just know that only the Lord can come in and change those things. I actually do eat kimchi on occasion now, which I look as a miracle. Nonetheless, when we first got married, I asked her... And I don't say this with pride, okay? I say this with shame. I asked her to double bag it one time in the refrigerator. If I had the money, I would have gotten a kimchi fridge. But I think where you want to go as you think about a dating relationship is, can I love this person and can I care for them as they are? Now, we want to be honest with this. Because that is what the Lord is calling you to do. Now, he's calling you to do it with his grace and his help. And the Lord is more than sufficient. But there are different times and seasons where we may say, at this point, at this time, at this place, I'm not sure if I can care for this person and carry them as they are. Okay? Someone may be overcoming a sin problem. And they may be in process, and it may be better than it was. But you can't go into that relationship thinking, okay, by the time we get married, this is all going to be done. Or in two to three years, they're going to be saved. Or they're not doing well spiritually, and they're stuck here. But that's okay, in two to three years, it'll happen. No, maybe this person will always be this way. Am I in a position before the Lord where I can love and care for them? If you're not in a position to love and care for them as God calls, for men to lead and cover with protection, for women to come alongside and help and stand 
in unity with that person, warts and all. That doesn't mean you excuse their sin. It means that you stand with them, right? Then maybe this is not the person for you and we need to think of not being selfish in those situations and saying, let's wait for the Lord until I'm in a position to do so. Can I have my next slide? Is that it? We're done? Thank you. I thought I had more for you, but God has spared you. Okay? Um, if you have an opportunity, that booklet is excellent. I'm sorry I was going to bring a copy, but you can order it online. I'll try and find a way to get it posted somewhere so you can see what it is. Whether you're dating or not, even if you're married, I really think you should have this booklet and walk through. It fills it out far more, and I think it'll be an encouragement to you. But I do want to say one final thing. Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to give you everything you'd hoped for and dreamed about when you were 15 years old of what you thought you were going to walk across the altar with. It's really taking the time to make it a priority to really enjoy the Lord in your time in the word and prayer, to see how good your God is, to see what he's done for you, to see how he lives and ministers in the small things as well as the big things. And when that ultimately is your foundation, that is going to be your framework for joy and rejoicing in the Lord in season and out of season, single, married, or whatever craziness the Lord brings your way. Because you know that at the end of the day, God's end for you is not just your unity with Christ, it's your sweetness with him to see how good a savior we have. I'm going to close with a word of prayer. I know the parents need to go get the kids. We're here to answer any questions that you have. If you have any questions, just ask Teddy and Naomi or Ginny and Jerome as I look out there, okay? They'll have all the answers for you and then more. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you do. You're a good and gracious Savior. And I just ask, Lord, that we would be humble before you and we would just trust you with the wisdom you've given in your word to consider, Lord, if you are uniting us together with another soul and if this is the person you've called us to come under you, to follow you with, and to be a display, Lord, together of the greatness of the cross. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for your time. You're dismissed.